welcome to a Patreon exclusive episode of Allegedly Astrology. Each episode, we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. We wanted to kick off this episode by giving an extra special shout out to our newest patron, Allison. Welcome, Welcome Allison. Allison. We'd love to Welcome. have you here. Shout out to Allison. Dana, what are we talking about today? Today, we're talking about the late and great Whitney Houston. The one, the only. She was nicknamed The Voice before that was a weird reality TV singing show. Um, Whitney Houston. <laughs> Houston is one of the best-selling music artists of all time. She has over 200 million record sales worldwide. She's won Grammys, American Music Awards, People's Choice Awards, Emmys, and Entertainer of the Year given by the NAACP. She is the only artist to have seven consecutive number one singles on the Billboard Hot 100. She's literally incredible. She's also one of the first Black women to appear on the cover of Seventeen magazine. But despite being massively talented, her tumultuous relationship with husband Bobby Brown and her substance abuse issues started to overshadow her career before she died very tragically at the age of 48. And so with that, I want to let you guys know there is a trigger warning for this episode because we will be discussing drug abuse and emotional and domestic abuse as well. So with that, if you want to continue with us, let's learn more about Whitney. Oh my God, love Whitney. The Bodyguard was like my favorite movie when I was a child. One of them. That's. <laughs> I've listened to the Bodyguard soundtrack, but I've never actually seen the Bodyguard movie. I haven't oh seen it since I was like five, God. I think. But I know that I also saw it when I was a child. For some reason, Sarah and, and my parents didn't really understand like what was appropriate <laughs> what reading was. Yeah. <laughs> but you should watch it. It is so good. I might watch yeah, you'll it this cry. weekend. Kevin Costner is so hot. So good. Oh God. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch it. So anyway, Whitney was born in Newark, New Jersey to Sissy and John Russell Houston Jr. Um, she had an older brother and an older half brother. And it seemed like honestly, the only option for her was to become a singer. That's because she came from a super musical family. Her mom, Sissy, was a legendary gospel singer that sang backup for Aretha Franklin, Dionne Warwick, who also happened to be Whitney's cousin. No way. Yeah. Van Morrison, Jimi Hendrix and Elvis Presley. And then her dad um, managed her mom. So the musical. Wow. I didn't realize it was in a singing family. Eventually, Whitney's parents divorced and her mom started teaching her how to sing. Whitney joined a gospel choir, and it was clear that she had immense talent. So what is Whitney's big three? Whitney was born on August 9th, 1963 at 8.55 p.m. in Newark, and she has a Leo sun, an Aries moon, and a Pisces rising. Ooh. Wow, what a big three. Right? A big, big three. So Leo sun, Leo's a sign of the star, the performer, the celebrity. Leo's love to, like, sing for their supper. (laughs) <laughs> the sun's in domicile in Leo and the sun is like how we shine and express ourselves outwardly. And Leo sons have a complicated relationship with attention, but stereotypically they are great at commanding an audience and generally like jazzy, joyful people. Leo's need validation and the attention of a room is how they get it. Her son, though, is in the sixth house of health, routine and busy work or like that, which is often boring, but must be done. Uh, And this indicates that she may have excelled in like menial labor and or practicing. So like maybe practicing singing. Um, It also indicates that she likely needed to take like really good care of herself to stay healthy and being overworked since the sixth house also relates to work without like enough time to recharge could have drained her vitality to her detriment. I mean, of course, draining any vitality is usually to someone's detriment. But anyway, so she had an Aries moon, just like my demigod Rihanna. 
Um, <laughs> she's so she like Aries is a fire sign, just like Leo. Um, and so her sun and moon are in harmonious aspect to each other. It's a fire trine. My favorite thing about Aries placements, um, like our little Elise here, is that they're eager to learn and not afraid to try anything that picks their interest. Um, or honestly, anything that like demands competition sometimes. Um, so while Leo's love attention, Leo placements tend to have like a greater fear of failure than an Aries placement because Leo placements can feel like they're always being looked at, which can make them like self-conscious. And another thing I love about Aries moons is that they're like autonomous. So they're autonomous and they're able to self-validate, whereas Sagittarius and Leo moons might not uh, be able to like me. Mm. Her moon was in the second house of physical and material security, and that can speak to money playing a huge part in her life story. The second house is salary. It's also like uh, what keeps us safe and secure. So the moon is also what we need to feel safe um, and therefore secure and also can be how we comfort ourselves. And it relates to our physical body. So the moon in the second house can be everything from like not having enough money to amassing wealth. Finally, Whitney was a Pisces rising, which would make her both super sensitive and super intuitive. Pisces risings can like boundaries, which is like a real issue since their inherent sensitivity also tends to make them super empathetic. So, you know, taking on other people's bullshit also can make them a magnet for like bad boys. Oh, man. In some instances, Pisces Pisces risings or all Pisces placements really can play the victim. But in many cases, I find that Pisces placements are victimized, even kind of with the stereotype, you know, it's kind of like, (laughs) like making fun of them. And they're probably like not, you know, not necessarily always identifying with that. But Pisces is the sign of benefics because it's ruled by Jupiter, the greater benefic and Venus, the lesser benefic is exalted in Pisces. So um, because of this, Pisces is a sign of artists. Um, Venus being all about like making art and aesthetics and Jupiter about sort of like philosophy and thinking. It's also the sign of escapism because uh, Jupiter is all about like hedonism. Venus is about indulging. They're both sort of in that. Um, So since Venus is ruled by Jupiter, Whitney's natal Jupiter in Aries uh, is her chart ruler. And Jupiter is also closely conjunct her moon. And it's stationed retrograde just nine hours before she was born. So Jupiter is a major planet in her chart and Jupiter's wisdom, generosity and abundance, as well as excess. Justice for Pisces placements. Justice I for know. Pisces placements. You guys, don't just think you're the victim. Sometimes you are the victim. Well, <laughs> you guys both have your north nodes in Pisces and me and Sarah have our it's lots true. of fortune there. So as time goes on, Whitney began singing backup for her mom at this chic little cabaret club. I don't know if it was actually chic. I'm imagining it. But she was doing that in New York City and she even sang backup on most of the songs on her mom's album. So like, you know, she's like putting in some singing miles. Yeah. And by the time she turned 15, Whitney was performing on her own and singing backup with her mom, trying to get a record deal. And while she was performing, a scout saw her and was like, wait, you're really pretty. You should actually be a model. And Whitney was like, "Okay." And she ended up becoming one of the most sought after teen models at the time. So chic for her. Just like Lindsay. And no big deal. Oh yeah, Lindsay. So at 19, Whitney was performing in a nightclub when Clive Davis, who is, if you didn't know, a huge record executive, saw her and signed her immediately. He was then like, yo, stick with me. And he really helped her navigate her career from then on because he was like, you need to drop this gospel shit. You're going to be a pop star. So follow me. Yes. And Whitney is obviously known for her voice. She did have a three octave range. So Dana, is there anything in her chart that would show that? I think in previous eps of Singers, we talk about Taurus placements in the voice. So I'm curious to see 
what Whitney has. Well, she has no Taurus placements, which is interesting. But she does have Taurus in the third house. And um, the third house can often speak to our talents. And so Taurus, again, being the sign of the voice, it is a talent, right? It's empty, but it's a talent. That house is ruled by Venus, which is conjunct her son. So that's like, you know, performing outward and also being able to practice singing. So so. Empty houses don't necessarily mean you're oh, no, no. void of that in your life. Good no, reminder. No, no. And she's a Pisces rising. And so I kind of already said that Pisces is like one of the signs of artists and often um, Pisces can be musically inclined. Plus, like I already said, the sun's in domicile in Leo and it's conjunct her Venus, the planet of art and beauty. And then her moon in Aries conjunct Jupiter, which is stationed, especially in the second. I feel like this is like a fearless, booming voice because it's like, you know, Aries is like loud. Uh, so is Sagittarius. And just like sort of with the moon there, it just probably is like it's like her security almost. And then she also has Mars um, or Mercury in Virgo exalted, which doesn't mean a beautiful voice, but communicating and like it's also conjunct Pluto, which just gives communication or like gives like much power to her words. And then she has Mars in Libra and Mars is in detriment in Libra, but Mars in detriment might seek alternative methods of like asserting power. And so in Libra, maybe talents would lie in artistic endeavor since it's ruled by Venus or bringing people together. And in her eighth house, the talent could be inherited since the eighth house is about inheritance. So yeah. I love that. So Whitney and Clive spend the next few years working on her debut album, and he finds her the best producers and songwriters to showcase those pipes of hers. And then she puts out her first album, Whitney Houston, at the age of 22. The album was extremely well received. It had hit singles like Saving All My Love For You, How Will I Know, that's my personal favorite. And people were like, oh my God, we love you, Whitney. And she almost instantly became a pop sensation. So what was going on? when her debut album came out. She debuted on February 14th, 1985. Um, Valentine's Day. Right, beautiful. And she was in a 10th house Sagittarius Jupiter year. And so this is also where her midheaven is. So this is all about her career and her public reputation. And both her first house and 10th house are ruled by Jupiter. So it's, it's about herself the first house as well as who she is in the world right it's like really changing her life um her natal jupiter is in the second house conjunct the moon which we've already said so many times um and so this is going to relate to like needs as well as abundance so this year is about money the second house has so much to do with earnings transiting jupiter was in aquarius opposite her natal sun and venus in leo so this is sort of like seeing herself out in front of a crowd, right? The sun in Leo, is it's like the self, it's the performer and Jupiter opposing it is going to like sort of be like, this is like the collective that you're performing to. And it's sort of like, you know, there's an abundance of them now. And so also her, this was transiting her 12th house. So the voice can be a source of like divinity in a way. The 12th house has a lot to do with sort of like, it can, I mean, it's, it's a dark house. So it can be like uh, sourcing like that power that she can only really access maybe. Like maybe she can only access certain parts of herself when she she is singing and there's like an additional depth there and maybe that's how she works out certain like pain um because her voice really was like otherworldly and then transiting jupiter is also in the same sign as her natal saturn and saturn is a planet of hard work effort and playing the long game so when jupiter transits the same sign as your natal saturn you could see like the fruits of your labor and like reap the reward etc plus jupiter uh, was in Capricorn in her natal 11th house of audiences and profits in her 1984 solar return chart, which was in effect for that whole year. And her progress moon was exactly conjunct her progress south node in Capricorn, also in the 11th house, in her natal 11th at her solar return, which is just interesting. The moon, the progress moon is, again, the quickest moving placement in the progress chart. So whatever it's transiting is like where the focus is. So in the 11th, it's like the big focus is on, you know, an audience. And then Transiting her south node, it's sort of like, this is changing your life. This is an eclipse point. 
The South Node also sort of seeks to a point of comfort. So it sounds like she was really comfortable singing. And then transiting Mars and Venus were in Aries on her natal moon in Jupiter. Just sort of like uh, whenever Jupiter will be activated, either by transit or the natal Jupiter, that would be a major, you know, significance for the year. So this is sort of like adding extra money being Venus and like Mars being power to her um, earning power. Wow. She was just like lit up, but like in the best possible way. Right. So two years after that, Whitney was back at it with her second album, Whitney. That record also crushed it and gave us the banger. I want to dance with somebody. And then she went on to have a very successful world tour. Then while at the 1989 Soul Train Music Awards, Whitney's life changed when she met Bobby Brown. And Bobby Brown at the time was a member of the popular group New Edition. And Whitney was sitting behind Bobby and kept like accidentally bumping him while she was talking to her friend. And she apologized to him for doing that, but he was kind of a dick about it. And that dickness really intrigued her and a love was born. Both of them later said that they had an instant connection. And Bobby even said it was love at first sight. Whitney, though, made it sound like it was a little bit more. Um, She said that she kind of felt like she knew him, that they had this connection because they came from similar backgrounds. He came from Boston. She came from Newark. But they kind of were raised similarly. So what was going on when they met? Okay, they met on April 13th, 1989. To learn more about Whitney Houston, her tumultuous relationship with husband Bobby Brown, her untimely death and more, Subscribe to the Allegedly Astrology Patreon for just $5 a month. 